to Drawn Out, a podcast about Disney animated films. I'm Brooke. And I'm Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say something before we start? Yes. I'd like to wish you a very, very, very merry on birthday. The same to you. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's clink to that. Mm. (laughs) So welcome to our super spooky Halloween special. Um, Maybe you're listening day before Halloween. Maybe you're listening on Halloween. Maybe you're listening on All Saints Day. Or whenever. Um, But either way, this is our Halloween special, and we're very excited for a very spooky episode. We are we are big fans of Halloween around here. Yes. Um, if you don't follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you may not know that I make costumes. If you do follow me on Twitter and Instagram, then you know that I love making costumes and wearing them. And this is the first year I haven't had, like, five Halloween costumes in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm... This is also... I am not going to be wearing my costume until probably the Friday after Halloween. Mm. Um, because I work uh, the morning of Halloween, and I don't think I want to wear my full Dorothy get-up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, to work. That's fair. Um, but, you know, I might change into it after work, because I only have a half day that day, and then I'm going to a Halloween concert on Friday. That's so fun. I'm um, so excited. I'm really mad part of the reason I don't have so many costumes because apparently dress up day at school was Friday and I didn't know so I wore professional clothes and one teacher was out in a full blow up triceratops skeleton Oh man! and she couldn't even like put her arms together it was so big and beautiful and I was so sad and jealous oh, um, man. but my costume this year is Marinette from Miraculous Ladybug and I have ladybug wings to go with it it's so. very cute <laughs> um with that, so we're going to dive into some Halloween spooky shorts. We said last week we were going to watch one. We, we watched our minds. three. <laughs> um, one was one that I suggested. One was one that Brooke suggested. And it was just, we had to was, do all of it. Well, and then there was one that YouTube was like, hey. Yeah, which I was like, oh yeah, that one. That one. We should do that one. <laughs> um, so the first one we watched was Skeleton Dance um, from 1929. Mm-hmm. And it is a lovely, silly, silly symphony. It is very cute. And I, I was excited to see Up I Works on as an um, on an animation credit again because mm. um, where we are in the features he had he had come back to the studio but he was mostly doing effects mm, nice this is some of his OG work for Disney mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot of fun loved the backgrounds um, yeah. in the graveyard were really cool it is a little bit spooky the skeleton close up faces were pretty spooky yeah and then like jumping in jumping yeah. towards you and like you and like your point of view kind of going through you see the whole skeleton jumping yeah. like through your face basically that yeah. was really fun i tried to imagine like one what that would be like if you know like film is still kind of new ish like within the last 10 15 years films have really taken off as a medium so what would it be like to have something like that happen in a theater where you're not long past from when people would yeah. get startled that a train was coming through the screen. So that was kind of cool. And then also thinking like a modern context of like, what if this was in 3D? Like, what if they redid this short in 3D? That would be pretty spooky. Yeah, it would. Actually, um, I've been I've been watching a lot of like kind of classic sort of horror movies to gear up to mm. Halloween, especially while I've been still not feeling <laughs> too well. Mm-hmm. And we watched the original 1933 King Kong. Ooh. And oh, Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I can see, you know, of course, I was watching with my family. We were just like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. But I was like, no, you got a picture. It's 1933. And stop motion is pretty new. Yeah. <laughs> like, big old stop motion gorilla. That's pretty spooky. <laughs> yeah. If it's something like you're not 
used to, like, we get so used to mm-hmm. effects. I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, and it was, like, top-tier visual effects. And I watched it, like, last year. We did a big, giant Lord of the Rings marathon. And I was like, you this can- is dated. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, like, you're starting to be able to, like, see right, through it. Right, right. Or, like, um, I, I remember when Star Wars prequels came out. And at the time, like, are they the best stories? No. Oh. But that's not what was important in the early 2000s. What we cared about was the super cool effects. And that was the same with the Spider-Man movies. It was like, look what we can do. And now you're like, oh, well, we can do so much better now. Because that's yeah. how technology works. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'd be like, wow, it's a book. Oh, wait, it's a printed book. Like, how could I ever go back to a handwritten book again? You know, it's that same kind of feel. Yeah. Um, anyway. Speaking of the prequels, um, oh. I, I, I play, um, I, I, my mom and I like to play um, the Amazon on Jeopardy thing on on the Alexa. Uh-huh. And I found out that Leonardo DiCaprio was offered the role of Anakin. That doesn't surprise me. He was the hot ticket. Like, it was Hamill and Orlando Bloom were the two babes of Hollywood in 2000. Uh, so I am not surprised that he yeah. was offered Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Well, and my, my mom and I were like, really? And then she's like, you know what? He still couldn't have saved it. I'm like, mom. No, he couldn't. Natalie Portman couldn't save it. Yeah. Natalie Portman <laughs> couldn't save it. Nobody could. Nope. <laughs> um, I love Hayden Christensen and I would die for Hayden Christensen. He's amazing. He quit acting to go like run a farm in the Midwest. Because he couldn't. He can act just fine, and I will stand by that. <laughs> the scripts were terrible, well, and no, also... I've seen, I've seen him in other things with decent scripts, and he's still... Fine. He hasn't aged a day. He has not aged a day. If you look him up right now... I'm going to he, look him up. He was at a know. panel um, for Star Wars, like, recently with this whole, like, reboot phenomena, and they're talking about, like, the Obi-Wan movie... And he was on a panel, and I was like, you, it has been like 20 years, and you look the same. It's unbelievable to me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I would die for Hayden Christensen. (laughs) That's the secret title of this episode. (laughs) Wow, okay. Uh, So that was a lovely tangent. Yeah. Uh, Skeleton dance is very fun and spooky. (laughs) Uh, it was actually really fun getting back into a synchronized sound silly symphony. Yeah. Um, I forgot how fun they are. Um, it's just like silly shenanigans, dancing and music. Um, and it really like drove home for me. We talked a little bit about this when we first started with the shorts, but like the way that dance and music were so crucial to animation mm-hmm. and like film. Mm-hmm. Like, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers are famous for dance, music, film. Like, that's yeah. a thing in film, and it's so cool. I actually have some Fred Astaire notes for later on. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of how I felt watching Skeleton Dance, and it's literally my entire notes. is like, it's spooky and fun, and yeah. that's really cool, and it's my favorite kind of spooky. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, I don't like, I don't really like scary that much. Um, the, the scariest of the Halloween movies I've watched so far is Cat People, and it's more of a thriller. Okay. Suspense thing. 42, but it's it's good. See, I don't even watch... I don't mind suspense movies too much, but even, like, I don't watch scary movies mm-hmm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just got Hocus Pocus in the mail for Disney Movie Club, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I should watch that because I've never seen it. <laughs> and that's probably as scary as I'm going to get, honestly, this season. That's fine. I used to marathon Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride, or not marathon. Um, every Halloween, I would watch Corpse Bride. Um, because that was my scary movie. Yeah. And now I'm over Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. So we're going to switch to Over the Garden Wall. will be the new tradition. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, I'm just going through all the scary stuff on Filmstruck and... Mm. 
I might, well, I was a little disappointed because um, they don't have the original, like, Dracula and, oh. um, in Frankenstein movies. Like, Aren't they, those on Netflix? Nope, no, like I might, I might, I might end up renting them because mm. like they have the Christopher Lee remakes from the from the fifties, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I want Boris Karloff and <laughs> Bela Lugosi. <laughs> <sighs> I should get a film struck. It's excellent. So after Skeleton Dance, unless you have other notes on Skeleton Dance. I have zero notes for Skeleton oh. Dance. I was just enjoying it. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. It's fun. Um, I did also like, I didn't write this down, but I just remembered it. The hair jumping off of the cat. I really liked that, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's a new definition of hair raising. Yeah, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was just, it was really cute and really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so our second one was Mickey and the Haunted House, mm-hmm. which is also from 1929. So mm-hmm. same year and very similar shorts. I'm really yeah. glad we watched them and together. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, Ub, I worked. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I, I yeah, and there was a lot of recycled material, but mm-hmm. it was it was I would say it was improved upon. In, yeah, in Haunted I think House. so. Like, there's more plot. There's there's a plot to yeah, Haunted House. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse. Um, he's. He's out in the rain, like it's so windy, mm-hmm. and his, um, his umbrella turns inside out. Turns inside out, and then the whole canvas comes off. I know, and he and so he pulls up his collar. Turns out he's got a collar on. There. Yeah, Mickey wears his shirt. I didn't know this. He pulls up the collar. He does something else with the sleeves at one point. No, no, no. He well, tugs on his collar yeah, later on, like yeah. to like, Ugh, like, Ugh, like I'm scared. To tug. Yeah, and yeah. so he ends up in this haunted house. Oh yeah. Also, did you notice on the t- Mickey Minnie was on the title card too? She wasn't in the short, but she was oh, on the title card. I didn't notice. And she had the same pasties. I did. As, as no, in, I did. As in, um. Um, Steamboat. Yeah. That's funny. I My brain was like, ah, yes, Minnie's pasties, and then completely forgot that, like, <laughs> Minnie was there in the title card. Um, but yeah, that's... Yes, she was, but she was not in the short. Yeah. Her same um, old design. <laughs> yeah, it's the same, it's the same bat and spider animation at the beginning. Yes. It's the same skeleton dance with different gags. Yeah. Um, it was still cute and very fun and spooky. Um, mm-hmm. There's a different. There's a ghost in like a robe. Yeah. Um, that basically, so you find out that Mickey is lured into this haunted house because they want him to play music so they can have a dance party. And it's very cute and silly. And this is the one that I wanted to watch because if you go to Disney California Adventure, um, they have what do you call it? Like, I guess animatronic. Um, but the window fronts have clips of that oh. playing in motion. They're like, so like, there's still pictures, but the pictures move a little bit. Oh my goodness. Um, and they're like built in three dimensional. Yes. It's really cool. And I loved seeing those. And I was like, oh, I don't know what short this is, but we should watch it for our Halloween special. <laughs> and then it came up on YouTube and I was like, ah, this one. No, we have to watch this one. I know we didn't say it five minutes ago, but we're watching it now. Honestly, you know, we're, we're pretty chill when we're picking shorts. <laughs> it's fair. It's very fair. Um, but again, the music is central to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, this one does have a Manny joke, which was unfortunate. And I was like, oh, yeah, we I thought we'd moved past these. But we're back in 1929. <laughs> yeah, I liked this one. It was fun and silly. Yeah, I liked it, too. And they're like, like I said, uh, and I really liked the way the door locked behind him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The lock, like, crawling on the floor. Yeah. Just, that just made the whole, like, door closing behind you spooky. Like, yeah. both more scary. Like, imagine if the lock itself moved to latch behind you. And then also silly. silly. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And yeah. so, um, 
Our last short for today um, is more to pair with our feature, with, mm-hmm. uh, 1936, Through the Mirror. So it is definitely a through-the-looking-glass parody of sorts, <laughs> um, and it's very fun and silly. Mm-hmm. Mickey dreams himself walking through his looking glass mm-hmm. um, and ends up in Wonderland. Um, and so it is in a fun way, kind of like a modernized, for 1936, like the animated stuff yeah. in it is modern furniture, a radio, a phone, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like Alice in Wonderland era. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of fun and silly. And uh, there's something else I was going to... Oh, if you like Disney Renaissance films, you will see a lot of repeated gags in this <laughs> um, from films like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I liked it a lot. It was fun to watch you say, oh, that was familiar. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen this short. Brooke has seen it before. Um, if you've watched the short collections on Netflix, it is within those. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really fun and silly. Um I liked getting back to prankster Mickey Mouse. Yeah. We kind of like we got away from that during World War II, so I was like, oh yeah, let's get back to like his roots. <laughs> yeah, and I really liked um, this was this is where my Fred Astaire notes are because mm-hmm. the, the way that Mickey is dancing, mm. um, like it kind of made me. It was it's different than other. It, it looks more like a Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, but Gene Kelly wouldn't be around for a few more years. Mm. Um, kind of style of dancing. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. That is really fun. And like you, and like you said, it was a, it's another way that it makes it more modern. And the, even yeah. the, even the pack of cards makes it more modern. Like yeah, the King of Hearts is it's according to this wiki, <laughs> it's a uh, caricature of Charles Lawton's Academy Award winning portrayal of King Henry VIII from in the nineteen thirty three film The Private Life of Henry VIII, which, which is so fitting, right? Yeah. Because like so, and I made a note. I did not make that connection. I didn't look it up, but I made a note of like, oh, it's interesting that the king is the one who's doing the off with his head, because um, we all know Alice in Wonderland, the Queen of Hearts, mm-hmm. off with her head. But for Mickey, it's the King of Hearts, and I was like, oh, it's funny, because Mickey is a guy, and Alice is a girl, and so it'd be, I can see, like, why they might be like, oh, we'll have the king do the off with his head, um, even though they do it, like, over mm-hmm. the heteronormative jealousy thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was funny, and that's a very King Henry VIII thing off with their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's such a fitting connection mm-hmm. for them to do with character design. And the Queen of Hearts um, is a caricature of Greta Garbo, which I loved. It's kind of like her haughty, mysterious face, kind of like, mm-hmm. I think I think this is after the movie where she says, like, the thing that's become her, the main thing in her persona, I want to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But before, but before Ninochka, when we proved that she could be really funny. Mm. Nice. Yeah, so Mickey is dancing with the Queen of Hearts. I loved that the Joker is on a bicycle. So I was like, hey, it's a bicycle deck. <laughs> Which, again, uh, well, bicycle deck's been around for a very long yeah. time. So it might I don't have know if that's fair- even modernizing. Yeah. It just is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that makes the King of Hearts jealous. And so he tries to duel Mickey... And Mickey wins against two King of Hearts, one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. I loved all the flipping gags with the yeah, cards. Yeah, that it was, was a cute. lot of fun. And I liked, um, you know, the moving furniture, like the radio turns itself on. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the dog is the footstool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the dancing gags and this, the card gags mm-hmm. as they danced with Mickey were very fun. Um, it was a lot of mm-hmm. fun, silly things. And just, like, oh, yeah, like, dancing is still, like, we're... Seven years after... Seven? Yeah, seven years after the other shorts we watched. But dancing is still crucial Mm -hmm. to these shorts. Even though we've, like, become more 
sophisticated mm-hmm. with story mm-hmm. um, doesn't take away what's crucial to the shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. I liked them. Me too. Oh, my favorite gag, when Mickey hangs up the alarm clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the end of it, they're, like, ringing for the police because Mickey has, like, taken out the army of cards. Um, and Mickey is running back to his own world through the mirror. Mm-hmm. And he gets back into his body. And the ringing is actually his alarm clock. And he answers it, which I was like, oh, no. hilarious. I've definitely done that with my alarm, which, you know, we have phones for alarms now. But I've definitely mm-hmm. answered it. And I'm like, oh, no, it's just my alarm clock. Um, and then he hangs it up and goes back to bed. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was me this morning. <laughs> uh, I think I went through like three or four alarms this morning before I finally got up. It's great. Great day. <laughs> but yeah, they're good. Good short. Yeah. I was wondering our feature. Um, I have never seen it. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yes. And um, I have been on the ride at Disneyland, mm-hmm. and I've definitely seen clips of it, and I know most of the music, and I've played it in Kingdom Hearts, so I'm familiar with it tangentially mm-hmm. in a lot of fun ways, but not actually sitting down and watching it from A to Z. Um, so I'm really excited for mm-hmm. this. When was the last time you watched it? Um, probably maybe two or three years ago. I watched it while babysitting. Nice. I think I think I watched it in French that time. Ooh. Because <laughs> um, because um, the child I was babysitting is half French, so oh nice. So we watched. So I've seen a, I've seen a couple of Disney movies in French, and Alice in Wonderland is one that's really good. Nice. I know I've watched Cinderella in French, and I think Beauty and the Beast in French. Mm -hmm. Um, Tangled is very good in French. Mm. Um, A lot of the songs are really good in French. And um, in Frozen, a lot of the songs are really good in French, too. Nice. Nice. I love listening to those. I did it for Moana, like, for a week straight. Just like... Listen to the Maori. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But also just like, here is how far I'll go in every language on a loop. Yes, thank you. This is what I want. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so on that note, let's make new tea for our tea party and watch Alice in Wonderland. back. We just watched Alice in Wonderland. Yes, we um, did. So it was my first time. I may have watched it before. It felt really familiar, mm-hmm. but I did not remember it hardly. What do you think of it? I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I think that if I had had this on VHS, I probably would have watched it on repeat over and over again as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely has a lot of the same energy as Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very similar feel- films in tone. Yeah, it was really good. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How was your experience rewatching it as one of your favorites? I think it was good to just watch it. And I had forgotten how many songs there are. Mm-hmm. More than any other film. Like, four, 14? Is that... I th- that's what the bonus yeah. feature said. 14 songs. It's a lot of songs. They are shorter than mm-hmm. a m- most, like, musical songs. Yeah. Like, certainly... Shorter than Alan Menken when we get there. Yeah. But there are 14 of them, and there were a lot more on the table Yeah, um, when this film was being made. Mm-hmm. This film was in production at least as long as Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's another one of Walt's favorites that he was determined to see 
become a feature. Yeah. Um, and he did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And all the Mary Blair. Um, her work is just so evident in this yeah. film. Uh, it's lovely. Absolutely gorgeous. I don't know. We start with the opening, which... <laughs> Went through several iterations. Yeah. Um, that was really fun looking at the concept art for the opening and, like, the the way... It seemed like the original opening that we watched had more of a blending between Wonderland and the real world, mm-hmm. um, where, like, Alice is, like, watching something and it gets a little fantastic and then it goes back to normal and she sees something else that gets a little fantastic and goes back to normal, mm-hmm. versus the final version where she is looking at her reflection her reflection blurs, and then she's in Wonderland, which I thought was a really fun take on, yeah. like, through the looking glass. Like, oh, she's going through mm-hmm. her reflection. Yeah. Into the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not quite. But, but she's still not having any fun. <laughs> no, and I actually, like, I made a note. Uh, Wendy and Alice. So we talked about how Wendy and Alice are the same voice actress mm-hmm. and the same character model. But their stories are so similar, They're both girls who are unhappy with where they are, who Mm -hmm. don't want to take on responsibility, end up in a fantastical world, and are too serious to enjoy the fantastical world, Mm -hmm. which is odd. And I think we talked a bit about, like, what lesson does Wendy learn and Mm -hmm. how does she learn it? And I kind of made the same note about Alice. I'm like, did she learn her lesson? Like, did she learn to take her own advice? Did she learn to keep in her temper? And to be reasonable, and I'm not sure she did, um, which makes it interesting. Well, I think she's supposed. To, I think Alice is supposed to be younger than Wendy too. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, aren't they both twelve? Is Alice younger than twelve? Because I, I think Wendy's twelve. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think that they really say, but I think no, they don't. Alice is supposed. To, I mean, I, I got the feeling that Alice is supposed to be a little bit younger. Oh, okay. I mean, that's very, very possible. Um, these films are three years apart. Yeah. So they may have aged with their actress or. Mm-hmm. Just been different in development. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a fun nonsense story. <laughs> and it definitely, like, they mentioned in the features we watched, like, oh, it was difficult to adapt such a serialized story mm-hmm. to an actual feature film. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can see that struggle. <laughs> but I think they did a good job of it. I think they did do a good job of it. I And that was a... It was a good reason to have so many songs. Yes. Yeah, I think that really helped it feel a little more seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly did a really good job bookending with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe better than Peter Pan, I yeah. think. Like, Peter Pan has a very, very good bookend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this film does a better job of setting up the fantastical world and closing us out in the yeah. real world. Well, I think the opening for Alice is better, and the closing for Peter Pan is better. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because um, that looking at the sky with the ship is just a phenomenal closing. Yes. And I can't wait till we watch Peter Pan 2. <laughs> um, but I love the opening of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and her song and her cat is so cute. Dinah's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have had Sushi on as a guest for this one. We can get her in here probably. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need her bell jingling throughout that's, the recording. That's true. <laughs> um... Although, okay, so fun note about Dinah that I'm going to say this with 90% confidence. I think she's the only female companion um, for a Disney princess. Um, Not that Alice is a princess unless you've played Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Um, But most of the sidekicks for Disney characters are male animals. Um, Dinah is one female. Turk has just come to mind um, for Tarzan, but... It's a female best friend for a male best friend. But the princesses all have male animal companions, which I thought yeah. was, it's very interesting. And I kind of was one of my complaints. I'm like, where are all the female companions? Like, well, Dinah's one, so we've got one. 
Um, yeah, I like Dinah. She's so mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. You can totally hear Wendy and Alice's voice throughout this. She says her line's quite the same. So as we, my notes are very sparse. Mm. Um, and so we get, we get, she falls down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, um, like her, her skirt kind of being a parachute. Yeah, that's such cute. I think there's a reason that's such an iconic piece of art from this film. Mm-hmm. Is it's like a relatable moment in this like weird way. Like, oh, that's just cute, sweet, wonderful, fantastical mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, much like like flying in Peter Pan. It's that same yeah. feeling. Um, and then her with the looking glass going upside down is also very iconic. Yeah. And um, and then she gets into the room with the doorknob and... Mm-hmm. She is bigger, and then she's smaller, and she's crying, and what a mood. Yeah, right. I love the way that um, objects appear in the film. Um, Very dreamlike, and so it's very, very, like... Neverland felt very much like you are in Neverland, and Mm -hmm. it is dangerous. Wonderland didn't feel that way. Wonderland was consistently like, no, this is a dream, and eventually you're going to wake up. Mm -hmm. Which is very different and very fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I like that she gives herself the advice of, hey, you shouldn't drink random things from a table. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a sweet little moment um, that, like, highlights her character. Um, and then she's in the bottle, she floats away, the caucus race. Yes, she's sailing across the ship. Sorry, I was trying to, was squinting at my notes, I couldn't tell what that said. It says butterfly. <laughs> um, it does not look like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, I like, I like her in the bottle. I don't know why that's mm-hmm. such a beautiful piece of art to me, but her in the bottle on the water. Yeah. Uh, stands out to me. Um, and then the silly, the race, the dodo. Uh, there's this recurring theme of, um, bumbling, I don't want to say capitalists because there's not anything explicit about them that is capitalist. Except their Englishness. I guess, like, bumbling, pompous Englishmen, I guess, Mm -hmm. is probably better. But it had that note of, like, I'm in authority and have power for no real reason that I inherited it. Uh, which feels like a modern capitalist CEO yeah. feel. Well, and what was fun, <laughs> funny to me is that the dodo and the white rabbit are the same voice. Yes. Yeah, they don't sound the same at all. But, I mean, but it's the same and dude. <laughs> it must have been um, very fun to record the house scene. Yeah. Uh, since that's Recording all the do- dodo <laughs> and the rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thought that was funny. I love the salamander, speaking of character mm-hmm. designs. Um, yeah. He's really funny. Oh, Bill? Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's cute. Or maybe I'm just fond of chimney sweeps because of a certain chimney sweep. <laughs> a certain chimney, yes. No, we all love a certain chimney sweep. Um, on the subject of character design, though, uh, I did. it never occurred to me how odd Tweedledee and Tweedledum are. Mm-hmm. And then, in extension, the Queen and King of Hearts. Mm-hmm. To this point, most of the characters we've seen have looked very human mm-hmm. in shape and structure, with like slight variations on caricature. And like, so we've seen anthropomorphic with things like um, John, Honest John, and mm-hmm. Gideon the Cat. Um, but even like the pirates and Captain Hook, I think, are the closest we've gotten mm-hmm. to non human looking. But Tweedledee, yeah. Tweedledum, the King and Queen of Hearts do not look human, which was interesting because we talked so much in the beginning about how we need the characters to look human to relate to them. And I think yeah. Wonderland is really pushing, like, maybe we don't. Yeah. Maybe we can move away from this one style we've been doing, yeah. which is setting us up for some great things. <laughs> sure is. Um, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. I liked their character designs a lot. 
creative and silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and yet you still see, um, you know, slightly more human elements in the characters, like... You can see in the in the features we watched. You can see like sort of the live action recordings of um, Edwin and Jerry Columba um, doing the Mad Hatter and the March Hare, and you can see how you know they look like them. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun to watch artists take mm-hmm. an actor and anthropomorphize them, or like draw them in a way that expresses their personality. Yeah. Like without losing like that, yeah. It's just it's so like, fascinating. Like Jerry Columbo, like he just has these big eyes, mm-hmm. and you can see them in the March Hare. And Edwin looks, you know, the Mad Hatter looks so much like Edwin. And I'm excited because we're gonna get we're gonna see him again in Mary Poppins. I yes, I also like. I think this is one of the reasons I love animation. Like you get to exaggerate things, and it's almost like you're taking snapshots of something and blowing them up really big and I think that's just so cool and exciting and a wonderful way to engage um I think like we forget something I was thinking about when I was looking at all the concept art for this film was that these are probably characters that most people were familiar with yeah um and this was one of the first times they were going to see them come to life in a new way whereas we've grown up with disney mm-hmm. and so there are few stories that we have a nostalgic love for that we don't have a disney influence on yeah um and so i was trying to think like what would like i was trying to think of like is there something disney could do that would make me as an adult experience that of this is a story i love and they're gonna make it come to life in a new way i had a really hard time coming up with something um what did you come to did you no i mean like at the close i'm like well i get that feeling when they do a live action adaption right like how are they gonna take this animated thing i've loved yeah and turn it into real life but other i really like i couldn't think of a story i loved as a child that I would love to see come to life animated. I suppose... Rapunzel came pretty close. You you know, that's a good point. That is a very good point. I was very familiar with the story of Rapunzel, and I did love when they released the character designs Mm -hmm. and following that film through production. The same, actually, with Princess and the Frog Mm -hmm. was another film I followed through production. Um, So that's actually... Yeah, those... We definitely did experience yeah. those. I mean, we're going to come across, and then, you know, if they keep making princess movies, they're going to probably keep adapting other fairy tales. I'm just trying, there are a few fairy tales I know that aren't Disney, honestly. Because, um, like, Frozen was not one that I knew, mm-hmm. um, the Snow Queen. So, well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm looking at my Gail Carson Levine mm-hmm. Princess shelf. and the Pea would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I would... That, that would be fun for me because that's, like, the number one way I describe my chronic illness to other people. Mm, that's, that's fair. I can see that. I would love Gail Carson Levine to get a proper film adaption. Yeah, no, like, so anything, you know, anything that she's done, I would love to see as a Disney, yeah. Disney movie. Yeah, that's a good point. That'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. Proper Disney movie. <laughs> also animated. I would really love to see Gail Carson Levine's stories animated. Yeah, like I think that the um the the fair like the short the shorter um the Biddle stories mm-hmm. um those would be a lot of fun um to like to turn into you know or like you could even you could even do a Disney Channel version of it. Yeah, I guess or as any animated. like a Netflix mm-hmm. series yeah. would not be a bad idea. I would love those. Just a short Netflix series, mm-hmm. six princess stories. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
I, I mentioned while we were watching some of the live action, um, what do you call it? Like, references. Yeah. Um, the pants were so low. Yeah. Um, because that's what they're animating, like, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and the walrus. And the cards. And the cards, which I loved the card animation mm-hmm. for this film. Um, absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, definitely an improvement from Through the Looking, or Through the Mirror mm-hmm. for Mickey. Um, you could tell it had some of the same elements and some of the same motions, like they shuffle the deck and they yeah. break the deck, but it was just so much nicer. And it was, um, all, um, I really loved the colors they did it. And did you notice, um, so in the Painting of Roses Red song, they said, um, not pink, not green, not aquamarine. Mm-hmm, and then those later, are the colors when they break up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super cool. All in all, what did you think about the film? It's a good one. It's good. Yeah. Like, um... It is a little more scattered than I remember it being. Sure, sure. But it's, I don't think that takes away from it at all. Like, that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, it's dreamlike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that Neverland is an adventure story and all about growing up and um, the stories we tell as kids mm-hmm. that we carry into adulthood. Wonderland is very much, like a dream about mm-hmm. childhood um, and the sort of fantasies we make up that are nonsense rather than plot-driven. So yeah. it makes sense that it's nonsense in a little bit. Um, yeah, I also, so I feel like this is like a peak millennial movie, which I know we said about Peter Pan, but also like Alice crying all the time, <laughs> um, that anti-authority, inherited authority mood, and then... Um, Puns galore, uh, left and right. Puns every which way, <laughs> any which way. I was like, oh, this is this is a millennial movie. Yeah, it is. Um, and I really feel like it. Like we talk about Peter Pan being the hipster movie, and I feel like this is the edgier version of mm-hmm. Peter Pan, and that's pretty obvious mm-hmm. in the films that have been made since then about Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the live action, the I Johnny Depp one? I saw the first one. Okay, yeah, I didn't see the second one either. Um, I do remember loving what they did with the Jabberwock poem in that. And the costumes in that were amazing. Mm-hmm. The costumes were fantastic. I don't remember liking anything else about that movie. But anyway. Um, so I have a question for you. Bef- so our final question of Alice in Wonderland. Do you think the Cheshire Cat is chaotic neutral or chaotic evil? Chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral? Mm-hmm. You think that he doesn't care whether or not Alice gets into trouble, or do you think he's intentionally getting Alice into trouble? Because that that's, like, where I got torn, because I was like, oh, he's chaotic neutral. And then I was like, wait, isn't he kind of being mean to her from the beginning, right, when he tells her to follow the path? Isn't he setting her up for failure? So that make him chaotic evil? Or is yeah. he still just a chaotic neutral because he's just, like, enjoying chaos for the sake of the chaos? Yeah, that's kind of how I saw it. like, yeah. chaos for the sake of chaos. He's not malicious about it. Like, I didn't interpret him as being malicious about it. And it, well, initially, like... Yeah, he certainly is at like the end. Mm-hmm. Well, but being malicious towards authority isn't... True. True. It could make him more chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But oh, I think... Yeah. I think y'all should tweet at us. <laughs> yes, please, please tell us what you, what you think. <laughs> um, so, is the Cheshire Cat chaotic neutral or chaotic evil is going to be our Twitter question this week. <laughs> um, Maybe we should make that into a poll. That would be a good poll. We'll open it up for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we should open it up for two weeks. 
Yes. Um, so here's our big announcement. Now that we've done our wonderful Halloween special, um, we're going to switch to a bi-weekly schedule. Yes. Uh, so we will still have episodes for you each week, but we're going to switch to doing features every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, a few reasons... One, it's exhausting to watch a Disney movie every single week and talk about it every single week and get the episode up every mm-hmm. single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both are transitioning into working full time mm-hmm. and have other projects that we've got going on. And we know that you do too. Like, it's not easy for everyone to just be like, okay, I'm going to devote three hours of my day to mm-hmm. watching a movie and listening to a podcast. Um, so we're going to try and transition into doing a feature every other week. Mm-hmm. Um and also, we really want to revisit some of those old shorts. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of intent on keeping, like, theme and time period connected through our shorts and feature films. But we missed out on a lot of the 30s um, and the 40s, and we want to go back. Um, so on our off weeks, we will have a short episode up mm-hmm. for you, where we will watch one, maybe two shorts, um, and talk about them. And those episodes will be mini-sodes. Um, yeah. So. Well, and I kind of, like... I'm having a lot of fun doing this, as much work as it is. Right. And, like, I know that, like, it. most of the movies feel really far away, but at the same time, it's... I feel like we're going through these faster than I expected to. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, too, like, I'm glad that we went through the World War II era as fast as we did. (laughs) Um, That was kind of a long haul, and I can't imagine if we had dragged it out longer Mm -hmm. than that. Um... But I think we want to sit in the Silver Age for a little bit. We mm-hmm. want to enjoy the Silver Age. Um, the Silver Age is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Pan aside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on that note, like this would be this is our last film of like with all of the Nine Old Men. Um, mm-hmm. So chronologically, it's Peter Pan, mm-hmm. but thematically, or for us, yeah, this will be our last experience with all of the Nine Old Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a a good place for us to yeah. switch to a bi-weekly. Um, so next week we will be watching the short Mr. Mouse Takes a Trip, mm-hmm. which has a little bit of a special connection for us, and we'll talk about that next week. Yes. Um, so we hope you join us next week for a mini-sode mm-hmm. um, where we watch a short about Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. It's from 1937, so we're going to go back in that time a little 40. bit. Is it 47? Oh, I have no, it wrong four- in my 1940. notes. Oh, no, I have nine. Okay. Wait, let me double right. check. I yeah. Think. <laughs> uh, I was pretty sure it was 1937. Because um, I had written... It's, it's 1940. It though. is 1940. Wow, I don't know why I wrote 37 in there. It's and then okay. I was like, that's weird. Okay, so we're going to go back to 1940. So pre-World War II um, for Mr. Mouse Takes a Trip. Yes. So in the meantime, you can find out... In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Drawn Out Cast. You can find me personally at Brooke Amimi. And me at Chase or Tiff. And you can always email us. Um, we would love to hear your favorite shorts. We'd love to hear what you guys think of features. Um, if you want additional historical context. Um, and please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, it really is going to help us get exposure. Tell a friend grab a friend and, like, hey, let's watch a movie together and then listen to a podcast. And then, like, you guys should talk about it. And, like, yeah. like we enjoy the nostalgia of it, right? Like, we did this podcast because we were, like, we want to watch Disney movies together. Mm-hmm. So grab a friend, watch a Disney movie, hang out, have some popcorn. Yes. We had popcorn at our tea party today. Yes, we did. So I hope you had a wonderful tea party. Um, 
And this has been, again, a drawn out close. We can never just close. We can never just be like, here's our stuff. Follow us. Goodbye. We're always talking for 25 minutes after we say goodbye. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, This has been a drawn out closing. Uh, We'll see you next week with a short. Bye. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.